This is the Like Minds Podcast, and we bring you yet another episode of Season 2. And I'm your host, Matthew Rolls. In today's chat, we will be speaking to Patrick Matlangu of Patton Brands and also uh, founder of new agency, uh, Lerato. We'll be talking to him about how does positioning affect your brand and business. Um, stay tuned for this conversation. I must say it, it is a bit awkward, you know, sitting on the other side because usually I'm the one that's asking people to tell their stories, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us, uh, give us a, a brief background about yourself and how it all started. Then they always say, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Like, I start, you know, um, because uh, my journey really in marketing started uh, uh, 10 years ago, actually, um, when I was doing my yeah. first year at YouTube. Um, and at the time, I was actually an IT student, you know, and I was looking for like a part-time job so that I can be able to buy myself a laptop, you know. So imagine you're an IT student, you're doing programming, and you don't have the, the right tools, you know, to be able to, mm. to support your studies. And so I had to find a job. And one of the jobs that I, I landed was uh, being a promoter uh, for, me, uh, for a company called Innovate uh, Field Marketing. Oh, yeah. So, Long story short, I got an opportunity to promote LG phones and we were at Eastgate and you know, so I was just doing my thing and, and I think at that time I really sort of enjoyed engaging with people, you know, um, that was the start. But then again, when the, uh, the brand manager for LG and the original manager came through to just, you know, do some side visits, they were really like hyped up people, they showed like live, you know, and yeah. I was like, see myself in them you know like okay. I'm that kind of guy, you know and i think what i'm studying is not for me and from there onwards i really make a decision in terms of um whether i continue with it or i change my course to marketing but then at that time i was actually um i was i was on nepsis so when you're on nepsis uh, what it means is that pretty much you kind of unlimited a time at university you have to finish your course so that you know yeah. you can so you can um, proceed <laughs> you can proceed so i made a decision i did my research and i stumbled upon so i was doing a become in it management then there was another course called information management so with information management you can choose marketing as a major so oh, yeah so i sort of had like a smooth transition although it added the year but it was a smooth one because I got credits for most of the subjects that I did. And I must say, I thoroughly um, enjoyed information management. Then I did my honors in, market, I mean, in, in, in marketing management. Then, you know, um, just when I was doing my honors, I met Rikiri, whom and I, we sort of co-founded Varsity TV, which was a, a, a media platform um, in universities. So what we did is we put up big plasma screens or LCD screens in the student centers or cafeterias. So when students will be having lunch, actually they will be sort of seeing ads or seeing content on, on the screen. So that was also my sort of applying the knowledge that I was learning in class and the networks that I was um, sort of creating in the honors class and applying them to, to the business, you know? So yeah. come end of, the, end of the year 2014, you know, Varsity TV is really sort of making strides, but then again, 
definitely I, I would like to ref, look man, you're not gonna go find work. You actually need to make this thing work and sustain ourselves. But you're like, so Pat, he's from, um, he's from Polokwane. I'm from oh. Tenelton in, in Pumalanga. So oh, it's not as okay. can go back home, you know, and yeah. <laughs> in this thing. So like, actually, let's do our masters. You know, if you register for our masters, we can still actually have um, accommodation address and we can still push this thing. So it was you more know? of a business move. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think also yeah. in my mind, um, that's how sort of I must have my, my, my entire life has always been predicated on, on strategy, you know, thinking strategically, you know, connecting the dots and really sort of getting what I, what I want. So, yeah, then strategically, we, make, we made a decision. I qualified, he qualified, he registered for, he's actually an engineer, mm-hmm. master's in civil engineering, I registered for master's in business management. And we carry on, you know, we do this thing and, and we really sort of, uh, I think I attribute sort of my, my knowledge for business, you know, because at the time uh, when we were running Varsity TV, we, we faced so many challenges, you know, that actually right now when I look back, I'm like, damn, I've been through a lot, you know, and, and, and it also made me sort of develop sort of a thick skin for, for business because, you know, when it's business, bro, it doesn't matter whether you're young and you're black. And what not? There's yeah. people that are way older than you that are gonna squash you, bro. <laughs> like you're like definitely. And that will be the end of it. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So that's how that's how it went. And um, we we sorry about that. Like my phone rang and it's it's sent to my laptop. Then it's oh, okay, sorry. okay. No stress, no yeah. stress. Um. D- let me put you back on track. Let's now talk, let's fast track to uh, Pat on Brands and how that started and what was your initiative behind that? Yeah, so, so, so Pat on Brands started off as a passion project. I was still running uh, Varsity TV, you know, as, a, I mean, as the main business and Pat on Brands started off as a passion project. So pretty much it was inspired by Mezzo Media. You know, I used to watch a lot of Mezzo Media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making what brands are doing, and 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 so I figured if there's a Amazon Media, it can be a pattern brands, and that's how that's how it started. Yeah. And still, with me, how I'm gonna sort of stand out or be different is that I'm gonna give pattern slaps on brands, you know. Yeah. So, so that's how it all started, you know, giving the reviews, you know, giving pattern slaps. So now the idea has evolved from just being a mere blog to now actually the positioning actually it's it being a media platform having other voices sort of contributing content writing articles or whether it's social media profiling um other you know youth owned um small businesses you know really sort of um entrenching the platform in in in, in the community that it serves i mean that it serves then again the pattern brands uh, dialogue started last year you know again as an extension of pattern brands because I learned somewhere that actually at uh, is it New York Times, you know, New York, mm. New York Times has a, a head of events as a media platform, you know, and if, because I always think to myself, if a big brand with muscle that is well known is doing something, clearly there must be value in what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't just do events for fun. What is yeah. the, I always think about the strategic intent. Uh, behind such a decision. Then I learned that actually it's a great way of 
you know, exposing your brand to a broader community and also, I mean, and, and also attracting potential uh, advertisers or sponsors. So that's how it, 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 it really started. And that's where it is now. I mean, also I do sort of similar things that you're doing right now with the online right. yeah. events here at Simuloko, you know, but now due to COVID, you're forced to move to the online space. So that's where Petrol yeah. Brands, so that's the short, the short version <laughs> of pattern brands. Okay. I mean, look, um, really dope um, branding, dope concept. I mean, anyone who has been on the pattern brands website or has seen some of your stuff would know that, okay, cool. It's really well put together. And I like your, your the version of your story, or at least um, the beginning of your story or of how you started as a blog and you were just doing it as um, a review type thing. And then once you built the actual community, the, the next stage and the next best thing was to start creating events where you would monetize um, um, what you called your platform and make money off of that and create some kind of a business model and a revenue, which is really, it's really just part of the, the positioning conversation um, all together. So yeah, I'm really um, glad that we touched on that. But now, okay, um, actually, before we start, sales I want to get heated there. Um, before we start, um, I just want to say a shout out to everybody who's um, on our platforms now. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, or if you're on Twitter, um, please do. Um, well, if you have any questions for us in, in terms of the, the positioning conversation that we're about to have, please um, send your questions in. There will be a time for us to do a Q&A if there are any questions. But um, other than that, um, yeah, shout out to everybody that's on there and for supporting the platform. And yeah. So as we're about to get into this conversation, I really want us to speak about first and foremost, what is positioning? Before we go into the side effects, advantages or anything, let's start with the beginning. What is positioning? What is positioning to, what does positioning mean to Pat and how do you incorporate it in your strategy? So pretty much positioning is really about um, the conceptual place that you want your brand to hold in your target audience or target customer's mind. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not really sort of a location thing where you have to be located. It's actually a special place that you can hold in your, in, in your consumer's mind. You know, for example, if you think about cold drink, you know, or if you think about fizzy drink, what comes first or which brand comes first to your mind? And I think it's it was one cold. brand. <laughs> 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 you know, so positioning is really about, um, that conceptual place that you hold in, 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 in your consumer's mind. And also there's different sort of ways in which you can position or various types of positioning. You can either position yourself from a value perspective, from a price perspective, from a quality perspective, from a benefit uh, perspective. So there's really um, different ways or different methods you can position your brand yeah. in the consumer's mind. You know, for example, some brands would go for, for price, for example, to say we need the most affordable entry level car, for example. Yeah. That's I mean, uh, we can look at many case studies, especially when it comes to positioning. We have um, brands like your Toyota, where they've got um, Lexus and they've got the normal Toyota models. Toyota is positioned for the everyday average person and then the Lexus is their luxury models for people who have a little bit more money or a high LSM and want to have a certain kind of look without being 
you know, looking to achieve. So to yeah, create an extension of a brand to kind of um, accommodate that market so they could create a different positioning and capture a, a bigger market share. So that's basically what Pat is saying um, from a position point of view. I mean, from a, a price point of view, um, from a value point of view, it depends what you want to offer your customer that will set you apart, that could kind of uh, make you different. I mean, if you look at your, your, I mean, um, if you think about energy drinks, there's one energy drink that did so well and nobody saw it coming because of their positioning, Dragon. Dragon did so well, it was the leading, I don't know who's leading now, it beat Red Bull and all these other brands in South Africa for a while. And okay. if you think about it, yeah. yeah. So to interject, they, they, they sort of position themselves on price, you know, to get that yeah. big, the price and value, big can, 440 mil for like 10 bucks. Exactly. Know, and you get a small tiny can of red bull for like 37 rand 37 rand and it's ridiculous right and yeah. what's great about south africa is if 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 the market did pay attention like red bull they would realize that the reason dragon wins here is because we've got a bigger dom domestic market where there's yeah. like a lot of people who, who who can only afford to buy a 10 rand you know dragon and it's within reach and it was in all the townships which has the largest population, you know what I mean? More people are in townships than we have people in suburbs. So that kind of thinking probably is what put Dragon there. But anyway, um, enough about the other case studies. Yeah. What's that? So the, I'm saying on the same breath, if you look at, um, I think the biggest, I don't want to say maybe mistake that most sort of local brands that tend to do, if you think about it, everyone is targeting the premium space or the premium segment you know yes, you think about yes. like Makosa, you think about zianda you know and yeah. they sort of forget about the mass market you know where they can actually push like for example with the case study of of, of of dragon they went for the masses and again accessibility you know you'd be driving in your car you find a guy on the street corner selling it off a a cooler box you know for 10 bucks and, and you, yeah, you, yeah 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 and guess what no big advertising no big campaigns no big just campaigns. pure salesmanship and strategy and positioning right because it was positioned very well in terms of what market and what price point and what value that does it offer because people love the way it tastes you know because people in the domestic market with value what something tastes more than what something looks like. Even though that's a debatable point on, on different um, brands, but in this instance, people wouldn't, you know, support a brand that doesn't taste good, you know what I mean? Yeah. And isn't accessible and has a bad, you know what I mean? So um, positioning is, 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 yeah, it's a well thought of strategy in that case. But now let's talk about pattern brands, right? How, were, what was your strategy? How, were, how what was, your yeah what was your your positioning strategy with pattern brands how are you aiming to stand out whereas you've got a lot of platforms that do similar things you've got 10 over 5 you've got like minds you've got um creative mornings you've got so many other people who do talks and extensions and interviews what was your position your sweet spot in terms of um, pattern brands so, so with pattern brands um I, I think especially when it comes to to the dialogue it's really 
for, uh, for people that have a passion for, for marketing and branding yeah. in general. You know, so mine is really like super sort of targeted to the marketing and advertising slash communication space. Yeah. You know, so that's what the position the positioning is. Yes, sometimes it's easier to spill over, but I think what I've managed to do over time is that whoever comes on the platform is somewhat with a brand or has a certain level of experience in marketing or brand building, you know. So that's how that's how it is, you know. Whereas some people um, would host anyone who's just making impact, irrespective of mm. industry. Yeah. For example, you have access to Caesar Lasana. You know, yeah. He's a prominent figure in, in the finance slash uh, banking space, and more recently in education. You know, just because of his uh, stature. You, you might want to have a, uh, have a dialogue with him, you know, but whereas with Patton Brands, if I were to maybe host him, it would really be about maybe future nations as, a, as an education brand, I, other than his journey as a CA and how he sort of um, got where he is today. So, so, so the position is, it's really around um, 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 the marketing space, but then again, I mean, I think we've changed positions for quite some time because at first, pattern bread, I was pattern brands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I was pattern brands. People looked at me and be like, yo, okay, you are Pat, you are pattern brands. Actually, now more recently, after Lerato, they call me Mr. Lerato. You know, and I call my friends when they hit me up, so yo, Mr. Lerato, you know. But, and also the challenge that I had with pattern brands is because sometimes, um, having named a, 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 a service or a product or a platform after yourself, the challenge becomes then how do you separate, how is this thing going to live beyond you? Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. with you, I think it's easy. I mean, like mine, it's its own entity. Yeah, right? it's literally. <laughs> and I mean, I was engaging with your team before I even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually its own ecosystem and with or without you i think it will carry on um, yeah. uh, living its own life so then now when you have patron brands who's now the face of it who's now hosting the dialogues uh, mm. who's now um writing articles it's it's all pat everything pat everywhere then it, yeah. it becomes um, a bit confusing and actually that's why i even launched ended up launching the rato because oh. it was hard, it was, it was challenging for me to position pattern brands as both a media platform and an agency. Mm, okay, okay, I see. Even though on my company description, I'd say, oh, pattern brands is an online media platform and a boutique marketing You know, the agency part yeah. is not, it, it's not coming out strong and it's not attracting the right um, clientele. You know what I mean? Because then someone would say, okay, Pat, fine, I hear you. So where can I find more information on your services? Then you go to Google and you say, Patent Brands. What comes mm. up is patentbrands.com. What do you see on patentbrands.com? You see articles, you see brand stories, you see Patent Brands dialogue, and nothing about the service. What you actually do for people as a service. 
Yeah, so the positioning, uh, which is interesting because now you're going through an, an actual positioning issue and solved it via creating or founding another agency. And I want to, let's, let's actually, um, I like that we came here. Let's talk about um, the, the bad side effects of positioning or the, the bad effects of having um, bad positioning or not having good positioning or clear positioning. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. For your brand or your business let's talk about that like so 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 there's, there's, a, there's a few challenges and um one is, is is confusion you know if you don't position yourself right and you stand for anything and everything then you end up confusing your, your clientele in terms of what does this actually guy i mean what does this guy do mm, 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 mm. I mean, you can even um bring it to our personal brands like you Matt, you know like yeah what do you want to be known for are you an entrepreneur are you okay. a hustler are you a marketing guy you know yeah. what is that one thing when they say pet masala comes mm. into people's those that remember me from the varsity days they'll tell you straight up hustler <laughs> you know? yeah yeah that is the perception, you know yeah. those that knew me after sort of starting pattern brands, then they say, aha, the brand's guy. Because another thing, when you do this positioning thing, it's not something that's just going to happen by osmosis. Like overnight, yeah. Never. You have to be deliberate and intentional about it. And I think that's yeah. what most people sort of, um, that's the mistake that most people make. They think, I'm selling mobile phones, people will automatically think that my mobile phone is... So, I mean, there's an old adage that goes like, if you want to tell people your brand story or the customer the brand story, they're going to tell the story for you. And you oh, don't want man. that yeah, as a brand. You don't want that. You want to tell people who you are, what you stand for, and what you can do. Um, for yeah. so, 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 so the side effects, it's really... Um, yeah, confusion, you know. Number two, you end up also attracting the wrong clientele, people that really do not, um, or that you don't intend selling to, you know. For example, I mean, we often see this every now and then on Twitter about um, local brands, you know, and also there's, there's, there's local brands and there's just being support small, local brands, you know. Then you, when you see local brands, the majority then really they I mean like I said they premium you look at the rich Ulysses, mm, look at the Matosas, look at the Batus, look at the Sephokins, you know the majority of them they're really um positioning themselves in 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 the premium space but they don't tell the consumer that we're actually premium we're not for for everyone and the reason why I'm saying that is, is that how they communicate and how sort of they relate their story. Like if you think about a brand like Matos, I think they're doing quite well because you look at things like even the location it speaks to to premium. And if you look at the garments also, when you look at them, they speak to premium. Look at the design, you know. Yeah. All those things combined, they tell you, they pretty much tell a story of what this brand um, stands for. So then you find someone who, who really doesn't know 
anything about branding and, 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 and marketing, they're now driving the narrative of support local brands. Then people are like, ah, but you're telling us to support local brands. Yeah, but the majority of them are expensive, or we can't afford them. We'd really like to own a pair of these yeah. um, socks, but man, uh, your boy is, 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 is overcharging this thing. It's yeah. also, so, 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 because Skinny but Skinny also, I think he's also managing because he always says, Africa's number one premium brand. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've heard that. He's that guy, and that's how that's also positioning someone um, to say, Look, we're not just an average sock brand that you just buy at the corner of the street for like 50 bucks. No, we're now premium. So, premium, what how do you communicate premium? Price needs to be reflective of, 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 of that premium, quality needs to reflect. Um, um, so those are some of the case. Uh, I mean, the cases of of, of of positioning because if you want to tell your customers that you are a premium brand, that's why uh, Heineken. I think it's yeah Heineken also is is, is positioning itself as as a premium beer. So if you mm. go into a restaurant and they charge you sixty bucks, you you all complain, you know. But if they just say Heineken beer. And then you get there like it's sixty bucks, and you're like, oh, "Come on, guys, this thing is." Yeah, I, you would notice that. Uh, yeah, with with beers especially, they do rank like, say, for example, your castles, etc. There, there is a price difference. Heineken is usually at the top, so yeah, they do come in at a premium rate. I like. I also like the examples you made with um, Rich and with Laduma's brand, um, with Makosa. I feel like he's. He, I think Makosa figured it out. Um, the Maclosa brand and has figured it out because it's like, as much as it's expensive, people don't complain negatively about the price. Yeah. They say, I can't wait till I save up to have that garment. As opposed yeah. to, hey, your boys overcharging us for some pair of jeans. You know what I mean? So that's what positioning I think when, when positioning is done right, it, it looks like that as opposed to anything else. I think once your audience starts to feel that your, 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 the price of your product isn't what we're willing to pay or it's too expensive, you have positioned yourself, you haven't positioned yourself really well. Really well. You know who also did, I mean, uh, who did a, a fantastic job around um positioning diamond, yes who's that uh the yes the, 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 the diamond mining company oh yes 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 that's like the ultimate um case study of positioning of a product or of a brand you know diamonds were never precious whenever precious stones Never. Yeah. We never had a shortage of diamonds. Mm. It wasn't like diamonds were like, how can I put it? We were just a mere commodity, you know, that's easily accessible. And what they ended up doing, what the BS did was to limit the supply, actually control the supply of diamonds and make it exclusive. And they, 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 they ran a killer campaign. Remember that, um, the line that I mean the tech line 
Diamonds are forever. Yes, yes, yes. Worldwide. Because of, <laughs> because of, of Pierre's um, campaign, then they, they then came back and said um, a girl's best friend is a diamond ring. Mm, 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 mm. Um, um, to that effect. So what they did is they took this commodity. Oh, then they came back and said to 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 Jens, it'll take you three months of I mean three months of your salary to be able to afford a diamond ring. Irrespective of whether you are a a plumber, you are an accountant, you are a CEO. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to okay. using a diamond ring, it will take you three months, and that's when now the positioning—I mean, the positioning around it—came uh, to be it, this precious um, stone that if you're wearing a diamond ring, if you're a girl, you must um, be proposed or get proposed with a diamond ring. Otherwise, it's not—I mean—the proposal is worth nothing. And it worked so well, like yeah. when, when they started, I think 10% um, of the U.S. population were using, actually under 10% of, 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 of the U.S. Uh, population were using diamond rings uh, as proposed, I mean, for, for proposals. And now the number has skyrocketed to like 80, 90%, uh, if not more, even, you know. And that's the power of positioning a... a, a a commodity and you make it look like it's a, it's a scarce commodity you know it's, it's premium it's precious you know so mm. that's also another, that's a case study um if you want to learn more actually to anyone that's watching this there's a fascinating podcast um called uh business wars actually there's there, there's a series of and um, there's a series called diamond wars and it just Beautifully, yeah, beautifully tells the story of how diamonds became this precious um, commodity that we ladies also love today. Like, even though I know the question is, I still feel the pressure. Like one day when I pop the question, it has to be a diamond ring. No, it has to be. So yeah, I know uh, definitely. Um, I think those were some some um, really good examples. And I'm, of course, before we go forward, I uh, just want to say um, if there's any questions that anybody has uh, concerning positioning, um, then um, now's the time. Um, okay, we'll be finishing in about what, 15 or 20 minutes and we'll have had the positioning conversation. But while, while we're here and if you have any problems as far as your positioning goes in your brand or your business, I think um, now would be a good time to, to um, lodge in those questions so we can have them answered by Pat and yeah so I mean of course if you if you feel like you if any of these case studies relates to your brand whether the bad ones or the good ones would also like to hear your input to anyone who's watching um, would like to hear any of the questions that you have or comments or statements anything um, of that nature um, yeah so back to you Pat um, in terms of positioning what would you say is a great um, case study right now that's happening um, during these COVID times? Sure, that's really a, a, a tricky um, question. You know, doesn't know I say that. I mean, some brands sort of did some 
amazing things when the, the lockdown started or when COVID was starting out. Then along the way, it's somewhat. They all dwindled. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's really a tricky one. But I think um, a brand like Chicken Licking, I think for yeah. me, they really um, stood out, you know, in terms of um, the, type of, the type of communications that they, they're putting out, um, the types of, yeah, like the TVCs that they, they, they recently launched with uh, Tyson Gubeni, you know, remember when lockdown started, when everyone was speaking about how these unprecedented times were going to affect um, everyone's lives, they took a different direction, you know, and they used humor throughout um, the lockdown. And, 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 and they've been sort of consistent in that way. I think uh, Chicken Licking, from a, a positioning slash um, communications point of view, um, they were consistent. Uh, throughout throughout the lockdown, then we also saw some pieces of communications from um, Nike. Nike also, I think, what they what they they did during the lockdown it was really sort of amazing. Some emotive, yeah, um, that really came out of it. I mean, came out of Nike. Um, so yeah, th those are some of the brands that I can think of uh, top of mind. But Chicken Licking really um, has been. Um, consistent. Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, chicken licking always gets it right. What's that? Do you have any brand that uh, really sort of caught your eye? Yo, um, um, it must be chicken licking. Yeah. As well, because I mean, only because it's so recent. I haven't seen anything from Nike or any of these other guys, but. Chicken Licken has done well, and even the way they've incorporated the entire um, corona situation and like the case studies of what people are actually going through so well and using um, a, a, a character um, to, to what you call to mediate the story, which was Tyson Gubeni, and he did such a great job because he blew up doing these funny like little skits of his that everybody knew about him, and he's just so authentic as as as, a, as an artist. I don't know him personally, but as an artist, it people just love him. You know what I mean? So when he did that, it was kind of natural. It was one of the greatest brand. Um, collaborations, partnerships, um, integrations that I've ever seen. And I mean, we always know that uh, Chicken Licken does best. I mean, all their adverts up to this date um, have been, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Have been great. And they have done really well as a brand. So if it isn't Chicken Licken, I'm just trying to think what other brand has done really well. Um, Woolworths, Woolworths has yeah, done yeah. good. Um, who else? Um, I haven't seen communications from brands like Discam or whatever the case is, but those brands are still active and haven't been heavily impacted as much as. I hate Discam. You hate Discam? The one brand that I, I don't <laughs> like is Discam. Why? <laughs> um, I mean, they've been sort of caught out doing unscrupulous business. It's more like oh okay. When they, they, they overcharge like it's crazy, man. 
Yeah, okay, the whole overcharging thing was a low ball and they were really just trying to, you know, um, how do they say, um, when there's kind of like the, di the diamond case study, when there's a lack of supply, the demand gets higher and you can kind of charge um, as much as you want for it. So they, they, but the thing is, charging something, charging more than what you charge, like for example, if Coke was scarce and it went from 10 to 50 Rand and this was done by the brand itself, you, you risk, um, what do you call, damaging your brand altogether because you've sold out to your audience. You know what I mean? You become a, you, you basically were a sellout. You know what I mean? We've yeah. always supported you at this price range. And when things were tough, instead of sticking with us, you decided to up your price. So basically you, you, you kind of swore at your audience. You said, yeah, stuff yeah, you funny. guys, I don't care. I'm gonna raise these prices. You need yeah, it, 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 leave it, you know? It, it and to do that. Yeah. Even, even the, the, the judgment, I mean, the, the, the judgment that uh, was this is a judgment or the report that was issued by the co competition commission. So the reasons that they gave really didn't make sense at all. You know what I mean? There was no yeah. need to, to, yeah. to raise and, yeah. and, 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 and did it. Even though now they try to do like, you know, the campaigns where they say if you buy X, Y, I mean, X of something, we match it and we donate and, and I'm like, I'm yeah, like, I know. I think they've they've lost you. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, I mean, you know, also what what lockdown really did it really sort of exposed um, good marketers, yeah. good brands from those that are. Yeah, um, exactly. So I mean, we live in in, in such. Uh, okay, we do have a question, but we'll get to that. We live in such a a, a community driven age right, in terms of brand and businesses, that you, your, your one risk is that if you, if, you, if you come across as not original, not authentic, you risk not becoming a great brand and not becoming a great business. You know what I mean? Especially as, as, as a startup, it's very important for, 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 for guys like us with small businesses to have branding on our side. I mean, yeah. The, the the cases where it doesn't apply, or it, not that it doesn't apply, but those that are less affected are people who are in, you know what I mean, in, 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 who are tenderpreneurs, for example, who get large sums of money just to fix roads. It's 400 million to fix a road. And what branding did you need to do? What positioning? It was just about you applying or whatever the case it was for you to get that amount of money, you know, certain investments, people who, who play behind the curtain, basically. But with people like us who are small businesses who are trying to grab the attention of the consumer, um, yeah. you constantly have to bear in mind that your, your, your customer is everything. And if you lose your community, you lose your business because it, it's quite different if, if Coke if Coke does something that the public finds is bad for their image, yeah. they can still survive. Coke has been existing for 80 years or 60 years plus. They've had a process, they have money, they have reserves. They can still turn it around in time. Your small yeah. business, you have one shot. But remember also the customer is always right. Remember what Coke, uh, I think it was a Coke diet or what they did. Um, when they changed the formula of the regular coke 
you know yeah and the market like no we don't want this and they had to quickly you know go back to yeah yeah I, I remember that when they were changing the, the the packaging and everything so yeah i do agree with you right i'm not disagreeing in any way what i'm saying is if 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 a brand like coke messed up or a brand like nike um the chances of them turning around is so much quicker than a small business that's had that has one shot i mean yeah there's many businesses that have come and died but fine um let's get to the question that we have i think it's a very interesting one um is there a difference between branding and positioning this is coming from eden yeah, no, I mean, branding and, and, and positioning are fundamentally two different things. You know, positioning is really, like I said in my earlier explanation, that it's that special place you want to hold in your consumer's mind. You know, and, and branding, it's really more, we can sort of um, dumb it down to say more visual, you know, um, okay. things like the communication pieces that you put out, that forms part of, uh, part of branding. That's, your brand stands for it's really also a branding exercise when you put out a big billboard with your logo it's like a branding exercise. yeah high quality premium um boutique hotel for example then that's a sort of a, a positioning exercise but the, i mean the line can be i mean the lines can be easily blurred and the two sort of can be used interchangeably, but they are fundamental um, differences. Mm. Okay, I mean, I, I actually don't share too much of a difference. Um, I do branding, I'm just checking if we have any other comments, um, just for now. Anyway, yeah, um, just checking with my team. So I don't have a different view. Um, branding is, is, is definitely, it is it is more visual right than, than positioning is and um positioning positioning is part of branding but it's also part of marketing so yeah. it, it can be a, a not visual thing right so so that's that 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 could be an argument that you get from a brand strategist whether it be like dude um <laughs> uh, branding isn't completely uh, visual branding is also um, you know what I mean? Strategy at the same time. It's like helping your customers. And you can position yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you say if you say it like that, then there yeah. we go. I mean, if we have to put it out there and we have to come with two concrete differences on the two. Mm. What is branding? What is positioning? What would you say? Okay. Uh, I'll help you. I'll, I'll take branding. You'll take positioning. Let's try. Yeah. Let's try. So for me, fundamentally, not including positioning, I think branding is a constant application of strategies that um, help the customer's perception change of what the brand is or what the brand stands for, which is what you said. Yes. Which has nothing to do with positioning, but it, it's mixed, but it has nothing to do with positioning exactly and yeah that's that's my understanding of branding it's a constant doing of like keeping up your communications your brand guide making sure you have the same colors on every um flyer or any every communication piece that sort of thing that constitutes um what branding is more or less 
And yeah. then, in fact, you can take positioning. So, so then positioning is, for example, luxury car. Okay. What comes? Uh, Rolls Royce. You know, that's the positioning that they, they that they give them. We haven't spoken about the RR logo. We haven't spoken about the spirit <laughs> of advocacy. You know, we, we, I just said luxury car, and we, we, immediately what what came um, top of mind was 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 um, Rolls Royce. So when I say um, energy drink, what comes into mind? When you say what kind of energy drink, sorry? Energy drink. The, I mean, the, the word energy drink. Uh, energy drink, it's Red Bull. Red Bull, Dragon, I mean, recently, yeah, yeah. Fire. Um, we, we, can, we can go on, but yeah, those are the, the main ones that I would think about. Absolutely. So if I were to say an affordable energy drink, then that's when... Okay, that's when I think, um, I don't really drink energy drinks, but I would say Dragon. Dragon, yes. So, so really it's when someone mentions a category, I mean, or a category or a product, your brand sort of coming out top of mind. That's what, uh, that, that's the, the main objective for, for any positioning um, in, a, in a brand or a business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that was a good example. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so that's what, um, that's what uh, I think positioning is really about. So branding, it's, it's really that story of the, like, for example, when you say um, the Greek goddess of victory, for example. Yeah. What? Uh, because I understand, I know Greek mythology, of course, I, I I think of like Athena, but no. wait, what? Nike. Wait, okay. I okay. I didn't know that. Okay, I was, I was someone else. Okay, my bad. I was like when you said Greek mythology and goddess and 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 whatever, I was thinking there. <laughs> okay. So. Like I said, I mean, in, in my earlier sort of uh, explanation was that, uh, yes, the two can be easily used interchangeably, you know, but yeah. fundamentally they are, they are different. They're different, yeah. They definitely are. I think, um, if anything, positioning helps branding and helps marketing because essentially the, the, the process is actually branding first um sometimes it's in a different order but usually it's branding first who are you first of all because marketing is is like the what right yeah the benefits you're selling the benefits you're you're putting it into the customer's pocket right and that would be marketing like we said with field uh, the field marketing that you've done you have to kind of sell the customer on why this is such a you know a great product or why this is would be good for you right there right there on the spot but it's not branding because you're not talking about like why this brand stands for this why this brand stands for that you know what i mean you're not like okay these are their values and this is that you know you're just trying to sell the product you know so essentially that's sales and marketing whereas 
positioning is included in that and it makes it stronger because at the end of the day, when the client goes home, then the positioning of your brand stays in mind. You know what I mean? But, but then again, I think you're right. Um, the, 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 the point of positioning is just to be top of mind. Right. If, if, if I'm looking for a graphic designer, who do I think of? You know what I mean? Oh, those three people. That's positioning. So I think. So can interesting recently what the race is um, in, in the agency world. Um, you know, the, the, the topic around transformation, you know? Yeah. So now the race between <laughs> who's the largest black owned agency and who's the largest black founded <laughs> agency. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you look at um, the guys that are sort of, uh, that are running bigger agencies than I am. So the narrative now is really okay. So we, for the longest time, the race was around who's the largest black owned agency. I don't, I'm not going to name them. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But you, you, you hear this. So now- Those who know, know. Hey, those know, yeah, exactly. Those who know, know. It's, it's always been, okay, we want to be the largest South African entirely owned agency, for example, because yeah. you know most, actually most of, of our agencies, unfortunately, are owned by big global um, groups. In the yeah. So now it's like, okay, how do, I, how do they position themselves when they go to clients and like, okay, look, we are the largest independently owned agency. That's also a positioning, it's not a branding exercise, it's really a positioning space. So if, if you are looking for the largest proudly South African agency when I come to think of us. Yeah, okay. Of, maybe right now you can think of an agency in your mind, actually, which one, is, if, if you are exposed to, to, to that space, which one is sort of positioning itself as the largest single, um, I mean, locally owned agency. Then there's those that say, okay, we are the largest, um, black-owned agency yeah I, I mean a lot of people have that that narrative um going on oh we actually have we have a we have another question that just came in um hey damn time really moves we're actually almost out of time um <laughs> it really does so the, the next question is do you think that sometimes small businesses do not have the funds to establish that positioning. Mm. Um, I think when it comes to to a positioning sort of strategy, it has little to do with funds. You know what I mean? If if some would say, but no, pets. for you to open a store, if you say you're a premium brand, then you need to open a store in, in Mall of Africa or Accenture City, then, you know, that argument also will be, will be valid. But then again, when you start out, you start out with nothing, I like, like many businesses, you know. Mm. I pretty much started Lerato with nothing. I started Pattern Brands. <laughs> um, nothing, but yeah. I managed to find a niche 
So positioning also as a small business, I'll say, look at a gap in the market that no one is really sort of focusing on. And you really need to dig deeper and do research for you to find your niche. I think that's the only sort of expense that you will incur time-wise. You need to sort of study the market, uh, look at your competitors, see the types of communications they put out, see the types of places they are playing at, and then like go like, oh, actually they, they are neglecting this space and that's what I'm, I'm going to, 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 to focus on and that's going to be my position. That's what I'm going to be known for. You, you know what I mean? And like, like I say, I mean, an agency is an agency is an agency at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But then, the positioning part, like, we are digital first agency. We are 100% a black owned. Yeah. And I mean, guess what? That also serves a need, being 100% black owned. They are, they are companies that, like, for example, if a company is extremely white, they would yeah. look for a 100% or a majority black owned agency to take over a contract for diversity reasons. So that is positioning in, in its own, even though that same, uh, that same agency, that's an agency, that's an agency is offering the same thing that the other agency of the other agency is also offering. So it's like, find, find your niche, whatever it is. And I mean, it always grows, right? You, you start off as like Nike started off and they were just, you know, um, doing athletic wear and then it became athleisure and then, you know, it was sports and then it, it keeps transcending Then the positioning kind of had to change now and yeah. again, you know what I mean? To be more broad, but also specialized to a certain group of, of, of people. Yeah, so, just, I mean, that's, yeah. So, yeah. so what would your pat words of wisdom be? Um, no, because we're actually about a run of time, but I want your... Um, no, I just wanted to add on your... Oh yeah, just add first, add first. On your Nike example, it's a, it's a brilliant example in the sense that Nike also, if you look at the name, right? Yeah. The goddess of victory. And how the position mm-hmm. was to align with kick-ass um, athletes. You know, the best of the best. If you think about it, and when you think of winning, you think, of, you think of Nike, yeah. you look at Dan, you look at Serena Williams, you look at um, Tiger Woods, you, you know, you look at all, Kaepernick, you know, you look at Casta Semenya, you know, yeah. all the, what, do, what do all these people sort of have in common? They're winners in their respective mm. um, 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 sporting codes. And I just a brilliant point came to mind. I'll, I'll be very short, and I think that's why um, it's the same thing that you're saying actually. Um, that even small businesses need to focus on influencers because influencers can also help you strengthen your positioning. Like, yeah, having having someone who who has a, a bigger voice that speaks to a market that you want to speak to saying a certain kind of message will will kill it because guess what? Semenya, Kaepernick, all of these people are individuals that have their own individual fan bases doing what they do and what they love, which is in sport, right? 
But then Nike found something that they could all relate to, and that was winning and kicking ass. And yeah. they brought that into their brand, that association into their brand and helped their position. So I think that that could be a valid point for small businesses. Find whether it's your friends, um, whether it, I'm, I, would, I would say find influencers, people who influence your brand, whether you interview them or whatever the case is, um, find people that can associate with your brand, that make your brand a, a winner, right? Or help you position yourself to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's a signing output. But yes, um, wise words from Pat. Before we um, sign out, wise words from Pat, from this whole conversation, what are your wise words? What would you like to leave our audience with um, before we sign out? Yo, um, no pressure, no diamonds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that's like my, my motto right now. You know, whenever I feel like um, I, I'm not comfortable with doing something, actually that's where it matters um, the most, you know. And I think what, um, what COVID-19 also has, has done was to also force us to do the things that we've always wanted to to do mm. but always found excuses not to do them you know um i know a lot of people that started up started working on their side hustles um during this time you know simply because they can see that you know there's there's no other way but to do what we need to do so that we can get where we want to so when, whenever you feel like um there's a feeling of discomfort you're doing something that actually shows that you're growing you know so um when 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 those diamonds um, sort of come into being in in, 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 in Kimberley, there's this pressure that you know that sort of goes against and what we have as, as a, that goes against each other mm. that you end up is what we call a diamond, which is what we all love. But yeah. really, uh, so never be comfortable with being comfortable. Always put yourself in un uncomfortable. Uh, um, positions and conditions and that's how you, you realize your growth you know Lerato for example also I mean I've always said I'm gonna own an agency but um, what COVID-19 really did it pushed me in the corner like dude you gotta do something you know yeah. positioning for pattern girls as, as both a, a media platform and a boutique agency it's not gonna take you any far and that that pressure because also i'm a full-time entrepreneur it's not like pattern brands i'm doing it um as a side hustle <laughs> you know it's something that i've been doing full-time since the oh. 15th of August okay in 2019 actually on the in two days time it would be my one year anniversary now that i'm back again running pattern brands full-time and being a full-time entrepreneur and being sober for 365 days so <laughs> So, so, so for me, actually, even my friends when they ask, like, so how how has COVID impacted you? And 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 you know, little cliche questions. And uh, like, I don't know what normal is because I've always put myself in in, in An uncomfortable positions. I mean, that that's a good one. That's a good one. And that's all we have for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on all our social medias to get alerts on this type of content at Like Minds Tribe. Visit our website to sign up to be part of our community. It's www.likemindstribe.co.za. And that's all from me, your host, Matthew Rolls, signing up.